p.m. Every Sunday, town's always about the culture. Do out in sculpture, recording every Friday. So here it our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take. Or nothing. Um, now let's get started. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 103 of After Dinner Conversations. I need my air horns. There we go. We have three fourths of bad appraisal in our presence. We got the usual folks, me and Mike, and we have a very special guest. Miles is going to be joining us for the episode. Before we dive into Miles, I want to let y'all know that y'all need to like, rate, and subscribe to After Dinner Conversations. Does not matter what platform you use, just make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, let us know how you like what we're doing. Um, but let's get a check-in going. Brothers, how are we doing today? Um, I am doing well. This has been a productive week, a busy week. I think trying to wrap up the end of the year, both from a work standpoint, school standpoint, but I think just a life standpoint, I like taking the last couple of weeks to try to, you know, recap on the year and try to get my goals set for for next year. I, I try not to be one that does all my goals for New Year's. But again, sometimes that's just how it happens in terms of scheduling. So I think it's a great time to to really recap and uh, and analyze everything. So I'm trying to get that situated over the next couple of weeks. But but things are going good. Word. Big man, Mike. Yeah, um, I'm not as meticulous as Corey, but um, I'm definitely just trying to decompress from the year. And, yeah, just keep building up uh, step by step. Ain't nothing crazy going on. Myos. The biggest man here, literally. Fact, <laughs> literally the biggest man here. He's trying to act well, like he's how are we already – we're like 30 <laughs> seconds in, y'all capping already. Come on, I can't even – I need some kind of – It's a new record. I need, <laughs> need to work me into it. Um. I'm chilling. I mean, I'm always chilling though. Um, like Mike said, try to decompress. But I'm on. I'm. I'm honestly in that mode like every day because mm-hmm. every day there's something new that requires me to decompress. Not like it's not like a bad thing. Just in general, that's just how I am. Because um, I've been in my past and like you know like a worked up mode all the time. I'm kind of learning to always decompress after every day. Uh, really be with myself and just be cozy overall. Um, great week though. I got came into some money at work, which is nice. Here we go. My supervisor called me and I was like, "Hey, like I got to speak to you, my manager." And I was like, "Oh, like I don't know. <laughs> this is it, you know. This is it. I don't know what's about to happen." And then they were like giving me money for, like an award for going above and beyond, like they call it, mm-hmm. um, or something big that happened like last Congrats. week. That's Thank you. I needed it because Christmas, and I was like, Dude, I "That's like, a fact." <laughs> I was. I don't know what I'm trying to get for anybody. Liz had a. Uh, called me and was like hey can you have 300 dollars so i can do some dance classes and i was like what <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah so that would help yeah that definitely gonna help that yeah, this class is about to be paid yeah. for it was like don't give me a gift just give me this and i was like oh all right uh i gotcha but yeah overall just chilling you know that's what L- listen when they tell you what you want that's 10 times easier you don't gotta do the right, work of right, guessing right, right. I'm over so, here thinking like exactly, point A to point B, literally. Yeah. <laughs> no surprises. That's what's up. Uh I'm doing well. I already told you. I'm just coming back from happy hour. So it was a it was a rush <laughs> of a day. I I was on snack duty, uh happy hour. What else I was doing today? Automating stuff. But overall, man, it's been it's been really good. I'm adjusting to my new team well. Uh the weather is shitty as hell out here. It's been raining cloudy every day since we last recorded. 
Um, I don't know what's good with the weather, but other than that, man, just like y'all said, I, I don't know. I'd be chilling. Like I'm grinding really. I feel like my grandma, I'm trying to like really wrap up some stuff before the it gets to Christmas time because I low key don't want to be bothered from like Christmas to like the day after New Year's. I just want to be like chilling. So I'm trying to get as much work done as possible. But you know, I'm making it work and I can't be upset about that. But enough about me. We're here with Miles. We want to talk about Miles, what he got going on. Um, if y'all don't know, so Miles, when did we meet? 20, 2016? Yeah. Like 2016, yeah. yeah. I feel like everything happened in 2016. I feel like that year on this pod, if we had to do like a, a search for a year that we talk about the most, it's 2016. <laughs> great year. Now, now, year. No, folks are still hanging on to that year, and that's like a top five year of my life, guaranteed, bro. No, actually. It is. It is. It's, 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 like, it's undisputed. Uh, but that's when, yeah, that's when you came to UConn. And I, I have a funny story, right? So, Miles, I was a bridge tutor, and he, um, mm-hmm. Miles was coming through the bridge program. If y'all don't know what bridge is, essentially a, a summer program for incoming freshmen into engineering. And I remember uh, I used to be with John and Miles and all of them during the summer. And these use, these niggas, yo, I had never seen so kids talk so much shit before in my life. And <laughs> Miles used to talk so much shit about ball. I used to be weak. And the last day or the second last day of the program, me, Miles, John, a bunch of other kids went to go hoop at like Holiday Hill or whatever that shit is called that we go to like when you're in middle school. And let me tell you, I was busting these niggas' ass. My team was <laughs> trash. I had what's that dude's name? Jordan. We had somebody that was I had somebody that was trash. My team who couldn't even dribble. And I remember you and John were on the other team, and I was sick. And I remember I hit a three in each one of your eyes, but I couldn't do nothing because none of my teams played demons. And I lost. I was team. in swim trunks. I don't even count. I was, ah, I, I was prepared. I was prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the proper lateral movement, so I don't. I don't even know what you want me to say. But. Yeah, nah. So I've known Miles for at least six years. I think I feel like I met every all of y'all in twenty sixteen, basically, which is crazy. G- great year, great year, great year, nonetheless. Um, but we wanted to get to know you, or have the audience get to know you, Miles, a little bit about you. Uh, so first of all, tell them about you know what you do for a living, you know, being an engineer and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm an electrical electrical engineer at Electrical Boat and um, Groton CT. Um, not many people know where Groton is. But it's like right across the water from New London, which a lot of people know where that is. Um, I build submarines or I help build submarines, I guess. I don't physically in like building it. I essentially tell people what to do to fix things. So they'll call me about something like varying from a broken light bulb to a whole like panel or system that's like, you know, completely just shut down. And like, hey, how do we fix this? And then I'll either derive my own plan or hit the manuals to try to like read through the manuals and sift through a good troubleshooting effort to help them fix it. Um, I like what I do a lot. Coming into it, I was kind of scared because I'm not really like a numbers cruncher. Mm-hmm. I can't just sit on my desk, like do a math problems and crunch numbers all day. Yeah. Like I'm actually, I'm more hands-on and I've always been that way. I used to like love labs as a kid. And in college, I was always the hands-on guy doing a, um, all I've been in labs. Um, so I, I'm very grateful and lucky because I didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. I got the job during COVID year. So oh, it was yeah. like, you know, things shut down. I'm scrambling for a job because I'm like, I want to make sure I have a job um, secure because I don't know how the market and like how the economy is going to look moving mm-hmm. forward. So um, I worked at the student union at UConn and my boss there knew my current manager at EB and basically mm-hmm. put me in contact. And then I had the job like later that month. Oh, that's um, perfect. 
Yeah, so I'm very grateful. And I, again, I don't know what I was getting into. I was like, hey, I'm going to be working. So, you know, my 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 parents, they were like, you're going to, you're actually going to be working. So don't even matter what you're going to be doing. <laughs> Just make right. sure you get the job. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do um, in a nutshell. Okay. I'm currently looking to kind of go elsewhere. Um, not because I hate the place, just kind of wanted to move on and mm-hmm. get my master's, yeah. uh, my MBA specifically. So, so and we, we talked about this a little bit. So are you thinking more of like moving away from electrical and doing like more of the business side of things? Or is it going to be like a tech business? Like where, where does your head yeah. like lean towards? I want to do tech business. First okay. of all, disclaimer, I don't know anything. I don't know like where <laughs> you I... I still don't know like where I don't have like a set path like oh I want to do this specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm still like learning as I go, and my kind of plan is wanting to do things that I'm interested in. Yeah, then get a better idea of what I actually want to do 10, 15 years down the line. You know, absolutely. Like these these, these next kind of few years are like buffer, just me trying to figure things out and me like really experiencing things because I don't know what I want to do unless I know what I don't want to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, it kind of helps me like kind of a process of elimination. Like if I do something I don't want to do and I know that I don't like that, I'm like, all right, next thing, like I'm moving on. Like I know that I'm, I like this whole troubleshooting and being in the field. I like dealing with people, which I deal with on a daily basis, writing reports. Um, I don't like crunching numbers, like I said. So that kind of pushes me more towards something I actually want to do. Cause I've never really had that answer. Oh, what do you want to do in the future? I've always yeah. had varying answers. And it's like, I got I used to want to be a chef like before even college. Word. I don't know why. I don't know why. Cause like, I want to be the house chef. kitchen. That's why. Yeah. My my mom had all the food network stations on or all the channels. And then my dad was in the kitchen cooking. But I never helped. So I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where that came from. He's cooking in the kitchen. I'm walking by, head nod. Hey, what's for dinner? Go nah. to the couch, TV, video games. That was it. I never helped. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, that just shows how I've always been all over all over the place. Mm-hmm. But eventually I wind up where I want to go. Okay. Do you Thank think you. about um, and Corey, Mike, you know me, I'd I be rambling. So feel free to cut me off and jump in at any time. So no, nah, you're straight. We, we we ramble on this pod. That's 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 our I'll be chatting. Man. You know me, I'll be chatting. <laughs> Look, Steven, you see me, you could. I was gonna tell Miles, I mean, we could talk offline if he's trying to get on his ABA path. Um, I'm finishing it up right now, but um, oh, we word. could definitely talk about that. Um, after the pod, that's what's up. Word, word, word. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. My cousin um got his online a few years ago, and I was like, I've always wanted to do a business so. Um, okay that's always been in the back of my mind that's dope now you're you're from new york mm-hmm. you're living in ct now even though you're really not that far from new york since you're down in Groton. does yeah. it feel different living in ct do you like living in ct or do you have uh, no preference i have no preference really okay. i like new york because my family's there mm-hmm. um but i also like being here just i don't really i'm not really picky about things okay um i have everything i need here really uh, not, and I don't ask for too much. I don't like go out too much or anything like that. And it's quiet over here. Where I where I'm at now is kind of similar to where I was back home in New York. I wasn't like in a city. Yeah. I was like right outside the city, uh, near like the New Jersey border, in Rockland County. Um, so yeah, it's kind of similar vibes. Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy. It. There's no, there's really no like change for me. Okay. That's dope. And now in terms of like you coming up through UConn and even working at Electric Boat now, what is uh, some of the best advice you've got, gotten from individuals when it comes to just life in general? That's uh, advice. I don't even know if this is like advice or a lesson, mm-hmm. but this is like before UConn. My father 
told me um, excuses are the building blocks to nothingness. Mm. And, and it was like a whole poem. But he <laughs> emphasized that line and said that, uh, you, and you know my dad. Yes, said, I know your dad. Those <laughs> <laughs> that excel in them excel in nothing at all. Yeah. And I was a bad kid, you know, so I was always <laughs> in trouble. And um, like anger issues, I was just, I was bugging. And uh, one of my during one of my various suspensions, um, I was home and he's like, "You're gonna write this, you know, poem down, however many times, and just to try to memorize it." Um, and I've always kept that with me, okay, like throughout life. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of keeps me going. It's a good, it's a good poem. It's a good like phrase yeah. in general. It keeps me motivated and keeps me from really indulging and like hanging on to excuses. Yeah. And um kind of gives me a lot of the drive I have today to get what I to get what I have to get done done. Um but yeah, he was a, a assistant principal. So as a kid, me being a bad kid and then my dad's an assistant principal and my mom's a social worker, I was never gonna win. So that was always yeah. like, you're not gonna win, bro. They was gonna put you on the path uh, until God said otherwise, and God was yeah. gonna say otherwise <laughs> at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, no, nah, that's good. That's good. Outside of, you know, working and potentially pursuing an MBA, what else do you like to do? I know me and you got that Pokemon thing going, but. <laughs> yeah, that's that's childhood, bro. Like, I, I've i always, since I took a break, like, in college and stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have freaking money to buy Switches and yeah, all the facts. DSs and stuff like that. They change it every year. But uh, I'm a casual gamer. Like, I'll play just for fun. That's kind of like my release. Mm-hmm. That music. And um, I've getting gotten more into cooking now. That I live by myself and I kind of have to. Mm. Um, those three, I got. I started getting into reading more. Yeah. Um, I started a new book recently, and the gym. I go. I'm very simple. I'm a very simple guy. I ask for literally nothing. I can do those four or five things every day and have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't. It's not like um, I don't get distracted easily. I don't think. Okay. Um, I kind of. I'm kind of good with keeping myself on like track of what I need to do. You know, not like straying too far because some people like I know they'll say like video games like fry your brain or like too much screen time or fry your brain. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like that. I've always felt like I've still been able to do what I had to do and not like set myself back in any way. It's because everything's always in moderation. I'm yeah. not like, you know, here 24 seven in front of a screen, eyes glued, you know, like I still wake up at 5 a.m. every day or 4, 4.30 every day to get to work. Thanks. Work my eight hours, do my job, come back, daily nap, you know. <laughs> gym eat food mess with my cat like i'm i have a i'm very routine so uh okay i, I stick very well to my routine out good. of curiosity have you always been that level of discipline i feel like it's it's interesting to hear that um no no okay okay no way I, like again my parents played a lot with that okay because i used to get distracted as a kid and i was always doing things i shouldn't be doing not doing my whole brain stuff like that and then like a lot of where I'm at now is because of me not being disciplined years ago and as a kid. Even in college, like my freshman year in college, my first semester was trash. Like, I, I got away from my parents. I'm like, yo, I'm free. I can do whatever. And then GPA hit me, and I was like, oh, I can't even share this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, December, Christmas time, the family's here. How are you doing in school? I can't even tell you how I'm doing in school, you know, because yeah. I'm too embarrassed to even say that because I'm doing terrible. I'm like, I, I know I'm in that position. So now I'm, from there on, I'm on the track to getting myself back on track and setting myself up for success. So a lot of what I've experienced before kind of put me on that discipline path. And even, even now I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Now. Mm-hmm. 
I'll waver, but um, I'll always get myself. I'm critical of getting myself back on, um, back on track. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. All right, last last question, at least for me. Um, very easy. Well, potentially, what are your top five artists in no order, right now? Uh, favorite or like best out there. Uh, like your favorite person, yeah, your personal favorite. Don't worry about best out there. That's you know, okay, everything subjective. That's a that's a conversation followed up by argument, followed up by I'm being judged. I'm being... <laughs> there's there's no judgment here. I like the <laughs> two hotter. I like the two hotter riot album cover. You saw you, you saw that two chord. Right? I was looking at that. I was like, what a freaking time, bro. I love that album. Oh my god. That's not even me. This is all my roommate. Uh, oh okay okay. Yeah, shout out Matt. I'm playing as hell, man. Matt, my, that is, my room, my room is bare. It's barren. It's a little, a few paintings. For my girl, but that's it. Um, Matt is he furniture? He has he has his own apartment at UConn, so we moved here. He was like, I got all the furniture, I got all the posters. I was like, Bet you got that. <laughs> so he got all of this. He's very chill. Like I said, shout out him. Um, what's the question? Top five. Uh, top top five. Your top five artists right now. Favorites. I'm listening a lot to. Well, I'm also listening to Young Thug. Um, Drake is always somewhere in my top five. Smino, I've mm-hmm. listened a lot to Smino lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an artist, but Metro. I've ever he since counts as album, an artist. He okay, counts okay. as an artist. Yeah. Ever since um, Heroes and Villains, I was like, wait a minute, Metro. I forgot about Metro, so I went back to his all old. <laughs> went back to his old albums, and I was listening to that recently. And I'm a Playboy Cardi fan, so mm. uh, specifically yes, Die. Look, 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 look at Mike, mad excited, bro. Yes, I get excited. Need more support from a uh, fellow Cardi fan. Yeah, like, bro. Me and me and a lot of my boys are Playboy Cardi fans. Um, I don't speak to the last album, but Dialet is that's cover to cover. That's a great album. Yeah, I, yeah. I listen to that shit every day. It, it might what be is? a masterpiece. That's a different conversation. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I I agree with you, especially for being a random you know drop in the middle of the summer. Yeah, that yeah, masterclass, masterclass. Yep. You know me. I'm with that. But yeah, that's my five right now. Favorite artists. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. All right, let's slide through into new music. Now, it's been a great year for music. And at some point when we do our Grammy pod, we're going to talk about how much good music came out. Um, and I'll leave my comments for there. But y'all, you you just mentioned it, Miles. You know, one of the best albums that came out this year, man. I, I, I... Yeah, yeah. To, to... Metro! y'all started off uh might might look excited bro so my, i'm gonna start off with you first thoughts on the album how you feeling about it what you think talk to me 
I don't even know you like Future. You were you the one who's. That's what I'm saying. Steve was over there. No, I like I like Metro Boomin. And when Metro Boomin goes and gets folks, I'll tell you what, they always sound fire to me. It don't matter who it could be Future, J Balvin, Wizkid, Takeoff, God rest his soul. It don't matter who if I don't even listen to them, they're on Metro Boomin. My ears are like this. Like I'm here. But you don't like Future? Like normally? I don't listen to him that often, to be honest. Like it's not like I don't like him. He's just not actively in my rotation. Like I would listen to, I listen to, I think everybody else from Atlanta more, including Migos, than I do Future. I think low key. I'm screaming, but either way, um, <laughs> I like the album a lot. Um, and I felt like it was, it was hard to really repeat what he did with his first album, which is another fantastic album from 2017, I think 2018. 2018. Um, 2018. Yeah. Um, what I like, he collabs with all every hip hop artist that I listen to. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I'm always front like a like a um my own like personal festival. I literally look Travis, ASAP Rocky got a verse on there. Travis, I feel the fire song. It's one of my favorite soul songs. He they he did his thing on that. Um, thought it was exceptionally well done. Um, definitely, you know, left a better like not to use it. Oh, I gotta use a cliche. Left a better taste in my mouth than DJ Khaled album because that's just. No, I feel like he just, he's Let's just talk about it. I feel like Metro's collabs and his albums, his producer albums, his strategic collabs. Like he creates these beats that you know. Wait, he creates the beats that fits with all these different artists together. But he also is like continuously putting a concept together from a group of artists that I don't think a lot of people would always say is the most lyrical that people say for like Travis. Mm-hmm. Or, I think Young Thug, of course, people say is lyrical. But outside of that, like you know, there's not a lot of people in there who uh, I think that. Eventually, someone be like, "Oh yeah, that's a real lyrical rapper." But Don Tolliver, exactly. But at the same time, they're all they're all literally building towards a concept between heroes and villains. And he does the ad libs well. The the snippet of uh, Homeland there in the first song, like, bro, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's very well done. Very well done. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's that's like art and music that's worth waiting for. Like you know that mm-hmm. it's not just putting out just to you know keep his bottom line up. He really is trying to. He, it's like you can tell that he cares about what he's doing that he's putting a lot of effort into it and he's putting like he's keeping his creativity the way it should be i just i feel like i heard i I started this album or i finished it and i always remember gucci man in the first song of his his first album saying that he gave him a mill and told him not to quit and i'm like damn look at him now (laughs) he's still dropping heat like you know yeah yeah i'm a a big fan man i'm I'm just i'm just proud that like i feel like we don't always see artists be consistent that's the only thing Mm -hmm. it's it's nice to see it happen for a a, a very talented young producer not for sure what about you miles um this is my favorite album i can't even lie Mm. i'm also a casual I'm 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 a big casual and there's also probably some recency bias involved but this album like had me like bumping and like vibing the entire way through and they're like, like I'm listening to songs like you know, um, in order. But there's sometimes where I had to like stop mm-hmm. the order and just go back. I'm like, hold on, I need to hear that again. And mm-hmm. Metro in general is a great producer. Like I'm listening to, and just like the flow, yeah. the flow of the whole album, and how it's like, like I, because I'm a, because I'm a casual, I'm not like listening to every, like bit and piece of the song. Unfortunately, I just don't. I don't normally do that. But I was hanging on to a lot more of the words of the, of each one of these songs. And every like note, every bar. Um, honestly, for the first like five, six songs, I didn't know whether or not it was one big song. Or Bro, like, I, I had to keep checking. I'm like, yo, this song is still yeah. going. Like the transitions were beautiful. I was like, this is great. They were. Um, 
I've heard it at least four or five times now. Uh, I was like, I sit in my car before I go to work. I'm sitting in my car longer because I'm still listening to the album. I can't, I can't like, you know, stop it in the middle of the song. Um, it, like Mike said, it's a lot of like my favorite artists on there um, or artists I listen to a lot are on there. Um, and also, like Mike said, the whole DJ Khaled thing, he's one of those, I don't like when people just throw music out, just throw music out. Mm-hmm. Like I like when you're actually doing something with intent and give, drop an album that has actual intent, not just to do it, not just to meet like numbers or whatever, because yeah. I'd rather quality music than you make me listen to trash and I'm wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't have Absolutely. any expectations with like DJ Khaled stuff. They they gonna call us haters, bro. That's a Grammy nominated. I'm I'm voice. a big hater. I pride myself on being a hater because I'm gonna say whatever. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> hater. I'm, I'm a big hater. Wow. Y'all yeah, know. I'm gonna say hater, we man. don't know I'm what we're talking about, man. I'm gonna say, hey, maybe you that don't could know. be best rap album of the year. For all we you know, DJ Khaled and they're they're drunk if they say that. I Jack Harlow. We don't talk about it this episode. Who? We don't talk about this. Come episode. on, I'm not hearing that. Uh, <laughs> no, hip hop is. If he wins that best rap album, hip hop is cooked, bro. I maybe oh, we said right. that in 2012. Maybe we said that with Macklemore, but I'm just saying that's terrible. Industry no, plan. No, this is worse than Mac. Because the thing is, Macklemore had no business. Macklemore had no business winning winning that war, but at least he had a decent album with like a decent like hit and everything. <laughs> he had, like, you're not gonna tell hits. me. Yeah. You're not gonna tell me Nail Tech is some fire song that you know. <laughs> Nah, bro, first, first cool. class, bro. <laughs> what, Mike? What? Stop. I, I like Jack Harlow, which is crazy. I, I don't uh, like. Him. Come on, we'll save it for the Grammy episode. Corey, what's up, man? Please tell me you listen to that to the the album because the last few times we had album reviews, you ain't been here with us, bro. I'm I'm slacking, but no, I have listened to. I, I have listened to. I have listened to it. Um, so I think for me, I mean, I think I talk about it all the time with the recent album reviews, the production was top notch and i think again when you have a i think steven mentioned like a really good year for music just in general i think production is like what makes it stand out right when you have good artists coming out with good music when you have good stories i think production the fact that you could like go through five songs like miles was saying and not know if the if there was a transition I think we said the same thing with some of some of Kendrick's album with uh, some of Kendrick's album, right? It's so smooth in terms of that production that you don't know. I think again, it followed a story like Mike was saying, and I think it was it was just really creative. I think the art was there. You're able to follow a storyline, which I always love in terms, especially like collab based albums. I think it's harder to follow a story when you're bringing in all these different elements, these different styles of rap and things like that. So if you're able to still tell that story, follow a sequence. And just make it, you know, flow so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta get you gotta give it props for that. I don't know if I'm putting it in my best album of the year yet. I think like Miles said, it might be some recency bias, right? But I think there were there were so many good projects this year, but it's definitely um it's definitely got my attention. Nah, that's what's up, man. Um, I'm gonna try to keep mine short, but I think this album is really, really good, great, borderline phenomenal. Um, and shout out to my guy Ryan who lives out here. He's he's from St. Louis, so he always telling me about St. Louis, everything, talk about Metro Boomin and everything. And he told me like probably two or three days before it dropped, he thinks this is gonna be his album of the year. He just had a feeling. And I was listening to that and I said, Man, this album is like the product you know me. I, I'm all for lyricism, but lyricism is useless with bad production. And that production on Metro Boomer's album is so exquisite. Like, he just knows how to make cohesive projects. And now, like Mike said, um, not all super, not all heroes wear capes. 
back in 2018, I was bumping that album probably straight for like a month. Like he had <laughs> Latino and Afrobeat artists on the same songs, and it sounded fire. Like I've it, like I would never even think to put J Balvin and Wizkid on a song together, and it vibes perfectly. Like I love that album. I was every time I was in the car, I was playing that. Um, and this album, uh, I told some of y'all in the group chat, like I like Travis Scott a lot. I feel like this is like the best I've heard Travis Scott since we've been in college. Like yeah. this is the best. Astro World, yeah. Mm-hmm. Astro World was good, but I'm yeah. I will never. I don't think he's ever gonna top the feeling I had when I listened to Birds in the Trap sing McKnight. Like I remember, we were sitting there at eleven fifty eight on YouTube, refreshing, waiting for the music and video to drop, and we was just vibing. <laughs> like it was, it was. And the thing is, yo, like I I was I ain't even like smoke at that time nothing. And it was just so trippy that I just can feel what he was describing to me. And when I heard him on Metro Bloom's product, I think it was a, it was a trance, right? Mm-hmm. You had a couple, but yeah. 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 That's, that's when I, when I heard trance, when I heard trance, I was like, I, I had that same feeling. Like, this reminds me of, like, peak Travis. Like, yeah. he, he still got it. Yeah, he, he, still, he, it. He, he still got it. But, like, I, yeah. I just had that same feeling. Like, I was sitting there in Scholar's house in Next Gen, listening to all the songs straight through. No, no skips. Um, I thought it was great. Um, you know, song I was playing before, Superheroes. I had it on repeat today at work. I played that for like an hour straight. I'm not going to lie. I've had it playing this whole day. <laughs> but the album's great. I love The weekend on the album. I love ASAP Rocky on the album. It just felt like such a cohesive project. And I think of all the projects that dropped this year, I don't think anybody had a better like theme slash promotion for the album. Like his whole six minute video with uh Lakeith um what's his name Lakeith Steinfeld or did I get his name right? Yeah. Steinfeld. Like mm-hmm. Like being the Joker and everything, running through the city. You got Morgan Freeman, the freaking goat, <laughs> out here narrating like he's watching uh the dark night all over again. Like you can't it takes so much like effort. He had Thug in there and Gunna, God bless both of them. It takes so much effort to make something that cohesive and thematic and what you're promoting actually is that good. Again, maybe I'm like Miles. Maybe it's recency bias. But it to me, based on the rollout and the album, it's got to be in my top five, definitely top ten albums of this year. You know, I still got Boogie on there. I still got J.I.D. on there. You know, I got Kendrick. I got a couple of old folks. I got Future. I got a couple of folks on there. But this album, man, I wish he dropped it in the summer. I understand oh, why yeah. he dropped it when he did, but... He he would have if he had dropped this earlier, you have no choice but to move Jack Harlow. You can't do this. This is there's already blasphemous for him being there. You would have to put Metro there. Um, but man, shout out to him. That's a great project. I'm probably gonna be listening to it through until we get to 2023 because I I just think it's really that good. Um, but he says it's gonna be a trilogy, so I can't wait for the last one. Now I'm I'm excited to see what he cooks up in about three or four years when he makes that that next album. But afternoon conversations giving you music reviews. Um, now switching to um, nobody's favorite team here, the Lakers. <laughs> if you didn't know, the Lakers have been on a pretty good run up until like maybe the last two games. AD and LeBron's been hurt, but before that, they were seven and three, I believe, in their last ten games. They're still twelfth in the West, but they're two games out of fourth place. Um, 
Do y'all see the Lakers making the playoffs and doing anything there, or is this kind of like a temporary run until the team starts falling apart again? Um, I think it's I think it's still a little early to tell. Um, I think the West is always at least competitive from a standings um mindset. So like I think it's always hard to tell in comparison to the Eastern Conference. But mm-hmm. I think the West, you know, the 12 C, like you said, is what four games out of fourth place or something like that. Yeah, it's real or tight two in the games. West. It's 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 really tight in the West. And so I think it's always gonna be hard to tell. Um, especially, you know. I think a lot of teams just in general, football, basketball, are, are just injury prone right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people have ankle injuries and, you know, just some random game or just landing wrong. So there's a lot going on right now. So I think it's, it's too early to tell, but I I don't think it's something that can be kept up long term. I think the Lakers, you know, they got some age on them, right? I don't, you know, most of their big time players aren't, you know, the youngest in the in the bunch. So mm-hmm. we, we we shall see, but I think it's a little early to tell. All right. I feel you. What'd you think of Mike? Yeah, I think they could definitely make the playoffs. Um, at least be in the play-in. I think they can get out the play-in. Um, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs because their role players are just simply terrible uh, with all due respect to them. Uh, they're just not good enough. They're bad. Uh, like, I mean, you just see when they play actual, you know, above 500 teams, AD and Bron, they're going to be great. Like, they, you know, they've shown that they can still produce at that level. Russ is, is in his role on the bench. That all that you know, all that confusion between the superstars to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they're they're just like their role players can't play defense that well, perimeter or interior. They can't shoot that consistently. It's just not gonna look good. And if you think about that 2020 Lakers team, they have shooters everywhere, two-way players everywhere. We had wings that were actually athletic <laughs> with all the respect. Like they had they had guys, man. Now, if you take not to you know be the dead horse or be a broken record, but if you take Buddy Hill and you know Miles Turner, you damn near talking about uh, Western Conference, maybe. Yeah, I was a contender, but you know AD and Miles Turner, you know um, Bron next to Buddy Hill, one of the best shooters in the league. Like that's a formidable Pat Bev, probably the point guard. That's a formidable team <laughs> to mm-hmm. go up against. And you got LeBron. If you got LeBron, you know there's always a, a dice roll chance you get to the finals if everything goes right. Um, but right now it's looking slim. Front office is who knows the hell they be doing every day. <laughs> it doesn't look like they're going to be making any trade, so it might be slow. It might be slow. It's tough to see uh, LeBron end his career like this, but yeah, it's tough. It's he, tough. He, he want to be in the palm trees. He said two years, ninety-five mil. Sign me up, <laughs> LA baby. I'm here to the end. <laughs> How you feeling, Miles, about this? Um, I think probably playing. Uh, I can name nine, ten teams better than them, in my opinion, yeah. uh, in the West, at least. Yeah. Um, this not because they have, like, better superstars, because their team in general is just overall better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you could have AD, you got Braun, sure, but we know that, you know, like, knock on wood, they're, um, they get injured often. Like, Braun's already missed, like, six, seven games this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, AD, we know how AD is with his health. Again, knock on wood, I don't want to wish anything on him. Um, but I know that if they're healthy and even if they're like, you know, playing at a superstar level, that'll only take you so far. And then once you're in the playoffs, once you're in the play-in tournament, even it's mm-hmm. like that whole wear and tear from the season trying to get you there, you're you're basically like drained out. Like you don't have the energy, you can't even keep up with it. Um, I think that they'll probably do it. I think LeBron will do everything he can to keep 
the Lakers in the playoff run at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even if they get there, they're not going to do anything. Um, I like my Knicks better. If I'm being honest. Throw my mm-hmm. out there. Throw it out there. I like my Knicks better. Um, even though again we don't have the superstars, but I think we have better even role players. Uh, but I don't know. I think that the Lakers were cooked if once they didn't give away those two uh, first rounders for Kyrie. If that was even a real deal, yeah. Um, it was. I just saw it was reported that uh, that was a potential deal, and they didn't want to give it up. I would. I would have done that because if we're trying to win now, like y'all don't have the roster even for the future to like do anything. That's in my right. opinion. So why are we even holding on to those picks? But that's just, I guess, my opinion. Yeah, and I think I share your mm-hmm. sentiments. Like I think they could be on the same level as a couple of teams, maybe in the West, like like lesser teams, like the. The teams that are doing surprisingly well, like the Jazz, that are still third or fourth seed, you know what I'm saying, and like some of the other, like I want to say lesser Western teams, but those guys, I want to, I don't want to put the um, what team was I just thinking about just off the top of my head? I don't, I don't want to put like the uh, like Mavericks with them per se because they do have a superstar on Luca and they have a decent team, contrary to some of our friends' belief, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, it's it's one of those things where like if you're not better than them, I can't put you above them necessarily, and they're mm-hmm. gonna have to prove to me that they can last an 82 game season, um, mm-hmm. for me to entertain anything. And I think it would have been easier for me to put them up there if I didn't see how well the Jazz were playing. Even the Jazz have been sliding, but they just beat the Warriors recently, and they still have a winning record, and they're still like fourth or fifth in the West. Like they will need a lot of teams to start suffering for their benefit before they can reach the outlook. But I think it's just, I mean, it's tough for Braun because the West is not going to get any easier. Um, the teams that suck in the West actually suck bad and they will be getting Victor Wanyama. They are waiting for him. The Spurs are last in the West. Yeah. Greg Popovich said he will get himself a generational big one way or another. Um, <laughs> he, th- he thought he found one with Aldridge. He thought he found one with other folks. They're not him. He will find him a generational talent in the da- draft. So, We'll see what the Lakers are up to. Um, still, like like Corey said, still early in the season. And so tempering my expectations for that for now. Um, moving on to a hot topic, super hot topic, still on the grill, smoking. Mm-hmm. Hello, smoke coming from it. And Corey's going to go first since he wanted to avoid the conversation in the group chat when we discussed this. That's so deep. <laughs> <laughs> Deion Sanders. Now, Deion Sanders has been in... I wouldn't say in hot water. He's been an active topic of critique recently for his recent move to Colorado. Is it Colorado State or is it Colorado? Colorado. Colorado. Um, he accepted the head coaching position over there. And as from black media slash black individuals, been a lot of backlash because there's been a lot of talk about him being kind of like the spokesperson for HBCU football and how things have quickly changed and how this is kind of like a reoccurring theme when it comes to uh, black folks moving up in the world and kind of always leave the black institutions or black companies behind to take on greener pastures. I'm going to play some of this clip from Bomani Jones because uh, Mike did send this to us and I think it's a good kind of like conversation starter for this topic. Um, and I'll, I'll play this real quick for everybody. Telling us there ain't but one Deion Sanders. And now he's telling us go find somebody else to do what Deion Sanders does. You can't have this both ways. I don't judge him for taking the job at Colorado. They probably increase his salary by something like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? I totally get that. It all makes sense. 
But what he did was something that college coaches do all the time, which is you have to sell people four-year, ten-year plans when your plan is always one year at a time. That's the only way that you could really pull that off. And so he came in and he sold a long-term vision for what was going on at Jackson State, but his goals and ambitions were always to be a Power 5 head coach. My take has always been he went to Jackson State primarily because he wanted to be a head coach but didn't want to ever be anybody's assistant coach. So he had to find somebody that would give him a job and make him a head coach and so he could have that on his resume and then he could take that to try to get the job that he actually wanted. Jackson State was the place that could do it and he did a lot of good work while he was at Jackson State. But all the bigger grandiose notions of what he was doing for somebody else, no, it was what it always is. He did it for Dion and that's fine if you don't tell us that you're trying to do this for somebody else. But can he do both? Can't he go to a program and be there for three years, only have five losses like he did? And, and bring the attention. Maybe the next person won't be, you know, prime time. They won't be as, as charismatic as he is, but he still did bring attention to it. And, and what I've seen from the athletic director and other people is they were grateful for him and they oh, no. talked about him going on and something he signaled because of the financial disparities here. No, he's very good, but I think the magnitude of the financial disparity is so much greater than anybody realizes. I think the magnitude of the financial disparity between HBCUs and other FCS schools the smaller division in Division One is bigger than people realize it is. So there's room to criticize him for the way that he has left and for the fact that his initial rhetoric is not in line with his ultimate. Well, what would you have him do? What, what would I, you have the man do? Oh, well, I wouldn't have come in in the first place and said that God sent me here to fix HBCUs and God decided that in the middle of it you were supposed to leave. <laughs> Right? I mean, like the thing I've said is maybe God wants 10% of 5 mil and not 10% of 375. If God can do math, I can understand why it is. He sold a dream and then walked out on the dream. People have the right to be critical of that. I also would have taken the job that he took at Colorado, right? It's not a judgment of the fact that he took the job, but this is not in line with what he told. All right. Um, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Mike is cheesing. Corey, lead us. Mm. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Curious. Now, if you got it, Mike was ready. Mike was oh, go ready ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Lead <laughs> no, the way, no, bro. No, no, no. I just, I feel like Bomani was just very eloquent to describe the whole situation. I don't think there's any, I'm not mad at him. I mean, it, like you said, I've seen it last year. There was like three or four or five head coaches all changed league day schools. One of them dudes told his team the night before he was going 7 a.m. the next day. I forgot. I don't remember which coach it was. It was I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. He was going, he was the first, first player out here. The kids didn't even see him go. <laughs> so it's true. Like, you know, it was just college football is a very nasty business, man. Um, I just, I just, my, I guess I'll say this. My principle, I just really agree with you can't be mad at the criticism. That's it. If you're going to tell people, I'm here to do all these amazing things and, and you have people believe the dream and the kids decommitting from other top programs and coming to Jack. Like, you know, it was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you leave after a few years. I mean, I don't think he owes anybody loyalty, in my opinion. But as you like, you know, I I always say intentions rarely matter. Consequences do. And so you leave it as you can, like, like, you know, it's never a right time to say goodbye. You leave is going to hurt people. It's going to hurt everything you built. Um I think it's something you mentioned, Stephen. Um, sorry if I took this point, but it's like he wasn't there yeah. long enough to really establish like a foundation or a real culture that's that's greater than he is at the moment because mm -hmm. he's only been there for such a short time. Like three years is not enough time to really bring like that. I'm thinking like I think people. I, I'm from an outside perspective for Coach Prime. I think like people were expecting you to be like. Well, I'll say this. Actually, I'm not going to say people. I'll project myself. <laughs> I'll say like it's kind of seemed like you were going to be like Nick Saban for HBC. Like you were going to be yeah. at Jackson State. 
known as Coach Prime, at, you know, Swag every like it was like you're you're gonna create this whole you know help uplift this whole franchise of HBCU sports and he did do a lot of amazing things. Uh, even with the college game day, even going there, it was a, a really big mm-hmm. deal for college football. Like you know, um, yeah, this it is like criticism is criticism, but um, winning cures everything. <laughs> I don't think you know maybe a lot of people won't be mad at him or just maybe they'll understand if he's doing well with Colorado. Who has been a very bad program for in Pac-12 for some time, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's a seller though. I'll say that though. I'm not going to be on that shit and say that he sold out people and stuff like that. Yeah. I think he does, every every person has the right to do what they want to do or what they need to do for themselves and their family, you know. And he like listen, he was given half the salary to build a facility, so it's not like he was just there coaching kids and going home. Like he was really showing a, a very deep and green type style of leadership too. So you know, he did his time, he did his service, and. You know, they did it with the title, you know, <laughs> the Jackson State, like, you know, the conference. So, yeah, man, that, that's just where I'm at. On, excuse me. That's just where I am on it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think to follow that, I think this is a prime example of, of two things can be true at once. I think, you know, all individuals have their own personal interests, right? When you go into a company, you got your own interests, despite what you might say in an interview or whatever the case is. You know, everybody has their their own self-interest. And I think that's, I think we talked about it last week when we talked about crabs in a bucket, right? Everybody has their own self-interest. Um, and I think, I think to that same extent, one of the issues that was tough for me, and I've talked to, you know, a couple of my boys about it, was just the sustainability of it all, right? So I think, you know, when you heard him make the promises, you know, of, of changing HBCU football, and, you know, you see HBCU football, uh, happen you see the the growth and decline you hear you know the the history of it and you know the legacy of it and all these people that have come through these programs especially you know in the swag and then you get questions like is he swag so on and so forth you know the <laughs> things that have happened throughout the season you just wonder this sustainability right I think one of the head coaches from Mississippi Valley is you know uh, joining him in Colorado there's been some recruits you know, that have decommitted from, from Jackson state, he went to Colorado and automatically said, you know, Shador's your, your quarterback. So I think, you know, there's an interesting question of what will the next, even, you know, one to three years in the SWAC look like, right. He, you know, had conversations about when HBCUs go to play these power five schools and the money that they're getting, he said, you know, it's, it's terrible. The money that they're getting, they should be getting almost double. You know, sometimes it's, I think he did the math out and said, sometimes they're taking a loss to go play the USC's and, you know, the, um, the UCLA's of the world, but you know, what has happened in, in terms of that dynamic, what will happen in the next three to five years? Was that fully addressed during his tenure at Jackson state, the way I think, a lot of people felt that it was going to be based on his, you know, commitment and, you know, at least the, the mantra that he gave when he first went there. So I think my my issue is the sustainability of it um, that were, you know, laid out or the high lofty ideas that were laid out when he when he went to Jackson State. Um, I think it was great to see HBCU football in the limelight over the past, you know, two to three uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope that is able to stay there, right? I hope college game day wasn't, you know, a one-off. I hope, you know, these things weren't a one-off, but, you know, there's so many conversations now. I think, you know, Jackson State and, and FAMU were both in the top 25 in the FCS and neither and neither of them went to the playoff, right? And so, like, there's there's still issues that are happening. And, you know, now it's like, I think it's hard to get another, I think uh, they were saying it in the video, uh, 
you need a charismatic person when it comes to dealing with those types of issues. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see who might that next person be. But also, you know, we also got a short attention span. Will we even be talking about this in six months? So two, you know, those, those two, months, two months, <laughs> two weeks, right? Two weeks. <laughs> Nah, I, I agree with a lot of your sentiments. I want Miles to uh, jump in here before I, I give my take on this. Uh, I don't really, I have, haven't really been following it that much, but I know like mm-hmm. the basis of what happened. I hear the criticism that you see on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, my thing is like, I don't judge him for what he did. I don't judge him for leaving. I don't, like like uh, uh, Mike said, it's like you're doing it. Everyone has like their own plan in the back of their head like yeah. what they want to do and like i guess my only issue is making all the promises you were early on and like saying hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then in the back of your mind know you're gonna be leaving mm-hmm. or knowing like you have a plan for bigger better things for yourself which again no problem with that like you always want to do bigger and better for yourself because if you're not going to do that for yourself who was it who's going to do that you know people are going to be quick quick to criticize but what were you doing to help me you know what i'm saying it's like what if i was to stay here and not you know and like fail and not reach what i wanted to reach um my ultimate plan what are you going to do but i here look i stayed right you know what i'm saying like i stayed true to my word and i stayed true to my promises i think that if he tempered that back maybe a little bit um that would have been better but at the same time he would have been criticized regardless yes. just because it's like such a people and people are going to see it and, and like blow it up of course we blow up everything nowadays mm-hmm. um not to say this isn't a big deal um or judging anybody for it, it's like thinking it's a big deal um and I, I don't want to do like I don't like going back and forth with things like that, like going to pointless, like in my opinion, pointless arguments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that it wasn't that it wasn't as big a deal as people would say, especially because you're going to forget about it in two or three weeks. It's not going to be like this like world ending thing. That's just how news goes nowadays. It's like something happens. It's like boom, let's blow it up. And especially like I think because um, I don't want to bring race into it. But, like, it's a black coach in HBCU um, school, him leaving for a white, not, you know, a white school or predominantly white. PWI. PWI, yeah. It's like they're seeing that and it's like, oh, he's a sellout, you know? That's like Mm -hmm. the main thought. Oh, he's a sellout. Like, no, like, I don't think he's a sellout. I think he's doing what's in his best interest because, again, who's going to do that other than you at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, And I think that, that, in my opinion, that race aspect might have a, big part in why it's blowing up kind of a little bit uh but i don't i don't really have many other thoughts on that i agree with a lot of what's been said already to be honest i feel you um i think well i think mike put it really good when he said bumani is very eloquent in the way he broke that down in roughly two minutes or so and i think people i think misinterpret that video especially if they don't watch the whole thing of bumani being upset I think the criticism is fair, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with criticizing Deion Sanders because I don't think we're we're holding him to a detriment. I don't think we're saying he's a terrible person or people who are doing accurate critique of the situation. Um, but I think if you've watched any type level of college football or even just seen Deion Sanders, because he was on ESPN a lot or had uh, Jackson State on ESPN a lot, you can see how much that cachet that he brings benefited uh, Jackson State University. And we're going to lo- learn, hopefully, in the coming weeks how much they played a part in him not coming. We're going to see how that unfolds. But I think this is a prime example of, and I don't know which one of y'all said this in the past, but words matter. 
you know, if you say something and you can't, you know, hold yourself to that standard, people are going to make comments about what you said. And if, and quoting Bomani, quoting him, if you came down and you were on ESPN in 2019 and 2020 and said, God brought me here to save HBCUs and then you're out in two or three years, some folks, and especially alumni of Jackson State University, are not going to be happy. And they have a right to not be happy because we understand that, you know, uh, HBCUs, when it comes to an athletic perspective, are usually at a disadvantage, even to some of the lower tier one NCAA schools. And so, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. I said in chat, you know, if we're about, you know, the idea of uplifting HBCUs and especially in the terms of football, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and a lot of the work that needs to be done for these HBCU institutions. They're a thankless job. You're going to take less money. You're going to have less resources. There's going to probably, you're going to be fighting management. You're going to be fighting administration and be fighting a bunch of different things, but that is what's on the table for those type of jobs. Unfortunately, until we rectify some of the things we have in place, especially the people we're working with. And um, I think, if you're about that and not to say anything bad about Deion Sanders and kudos to him and his son and his family for getting that job and, you know, building his wealth in Colorado. But if that is your statement, you're about changing HBCUs for football, it's going to take sacrifice. You know, people tell, oh, he donated half his salary and he did this. God bless him. You need to do that. You're at an HBCU. They have zero resources. Like, I don't know what you expect to do. And you know, other black coaches can't do that because they're not prime time. They didn't go to the NFL. They're not on TV at any given moment because you're prime time Deion Sanders. You know, he has the luxury, the cachet, and I don't want to count nobody's pockets, but the appearance of a financial stability to be able to do that. And most black coaches who get HBCU jobs cannot do that to save their life because they didn't earn money in their lifetime to do that. So kudos to him for getting the job. And if he never said that, like Miles said, people are going to critique him regardless. But five million to three hundred thousand, who am I to tell a brother what not to do with his money, or what money not to take, and what jobs not to take? It's just the sentiments around it just makes it a little bit fuzzy. But you know, he's going to turn around. What did Mike say? Uh, winning cures all. He starts winning at Colorado. Black folks are going to be sitting there like, yeah, that's our Dion. So in a week and a half, when um it's Christmas time and the NFL is on on Saturday and the NBA is on Sunday, we're not going to talk about this again. So we'll watch it unfold. Last quick comment. Uh, I'm calling our political correspondent, Mike, to um, enter the fold here. We are here to quickly discuss Raphael Warnock and his recent victory over Herschel Walker in the Georgia Senate race, um, which was a surprisingly, surprisingly close race. Um, and a lot of people have been critiquing Georgia citizens, quote unquote, for how close it was. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? And Herschel Walker almost being representative of the people of Georgia. Uh, I have quick thoughts. Um, well, I don't think it's surprising that it's only two choices. <laughs> I mean, so in, in American politics, is like sports. So people are going to choose. They're going to vote for their party. Um, Democrat side, uh, it's impressive that uh, Reverend uh, Warnock has been in like four or five races and won every one. Two years, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been in a lot of races, he's been a lot of runoffs in the past few years. So it's impressive that he's won uh, like every one of them since he took over John Lewis's seat. Um, rest his soul. Um, Republican side, it's a damn shame they really uh, parroted that man out there for so long as they did, and it's clear that he, it's it clear that like he needs some type of cognitive help or support or something. He's not 
he should not have been publicly speaking or just being in a position to lead anybody to anything ever. Um, and they put that out. I, I mean, I feel like they put him out there because he was black and he was. Oh, for like, sure. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, he was a black man going against a, a Democrat black man. Um, and the fact that Republican leadership thought that he was a, a representative of black people that would be an ideal candidate that people would vote for is honestly insane. But we're used to the disrespect either way. But that's all my only thoughts on it. What about you, Corey, since you have family south of the Mason-Dixon line close to Georgia? Yo, how, Mike, we got to start counting how many episodes in a row Stephen finds a way to say Mason-Dixon. I've been, I've been telling him since 2016. I've, <laughs> I've, I've been telling him that's an outdated term. I don't know why we're using it. <laughs> Yo. Um, but, I mean, I think to Mike's point, I wasn't surprised at how close it was. I think to, to answer one of your questions, like, literally – I think when my mother called me about the election, I saw the numbers. Yes, Warnock had reached above 50%, but I think it was only like a 20,000 vote difference or mm -hmm. something like that. And so it, it was, I don't, I don't know what the final tally was. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. I'm just not surprised at how close it was. Um, I think, you know, that goes to show, I think the Georgia landscape, I think a lot of people, um, especially our generation refers to Atlanta when they speak of Georgia or, you know, DeKalb <laughs> County or Fulton County. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of Georgia outside of, you know, those counties that, you know, everybody refers to um, when they when they speak of the state of Georgia. And I think those those people, you know, are trying to do whatever they think is best on their end as well when they go out to the polls. And I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, from from our side as well to say, hey, if you're going to have this you know, side of the aisle going and, and, you know, making sure that their votes are cast and we got to do the same, you know, on our end. So I think that's just an important conversation to have in general. And I think this goes to speak that, you know, runoff, regular election, you know, America is divided. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's literally almost 50-50. And I think, you know, it's scary to see, not just from an election standpoint, but just in terms of policy that's created, right? You know, some people literally half will favor it half will oppose it so it, it, it'll just be interesting to see i think how politics politics you know rolls out over you know the next decade or so with this division taking place and i think mike mentioned too with this two-party system there's there's only two ways to go and i think people tend to vote straight down party line so hey corey i'll be saying that all the time but, um, <laughs> two political parties is not enough expression for three over 300 million people this is it's frankly insane that we've been doing this for so long um, I, I will say, I just add one last thing. I just think that it just shows where the Republican Party currently is that they ran Herschel Walker because that means that, for one, you didn't have any room candidates to even, you know, for a senator spot, which was kind mm -hmm. of crazy on the state, so on the state level. Um, two, like he, he represented nothing that they claimed to be the virtues and values of their party. So it was kind of like, this is clear, like, you're just like, nakedly trying to like you know it's a power graph like trying to you know yeah. take someone to send it back and stuff like that get some more control but like man he was just uh, terrible <laughs> just like the antithesis to what they claim to be about like you know as far as like family values and christianity and all this like right-wing conservative values that they have like he was he did not represent any of that mm -hmm. um besides you know he's a local pop culture person because you know, he's from georgia and he's a hall of fame nfl player and stuff like that but Man, oh man! Uh, like Corey said, I don't know wherever we're headed. It's, I feel, but I feel like both parties are definitely having their own like 
cultural civil war within themselves. And, and it's going to be interesting, man. Trump and Bernie did a lot in 2016. Like, you know, they really, they really, uh, they really split how people view like what's expected or what's possible for them. And a lot of people went pretty extreme in either direction, but who knows? Like I can't, I really can't, you know, I, I don't think I can forecast what's going to happen in 2024, if that makes sense. Like, I don't That's know. why I, I was literally just going to ask know. you, <laughs> I was going to ask you, Mike, have names started being tossed around from the Republican side for um 2024 from yeah, a presidential only, level? There's only one man, brother, he in Florida, Robinson, Ron DeSantis, he, him and Trump, Ron DeSantis. they're both from Florida, they're the only two, bro. Um, The only two that, that were coming up in polls that are like early, like, oh, these are favorites. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 that's... So if it's not DeSantis, and a lot of people question how he would fare on the national tour, because exactly, yeah, that, that abrasive public speaking style might be good for Florida Republican and, and their voters. Not, I don't know, nationally, he might look a little wild. Um, and I think people are tired of the extremism. That's why Trump. That's why Trump has, has a lot of losses in the past three elections. And it's, that's cool for the far right wing people. There's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people they don't even try to like pander to or anything like that. So, but yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. Is Joe Biden, you know? If the FBI or anybody listening is not a threat, but if he got, you know, God willing his health, I don't know what was going to look like in 2024. Um, Kamala Harris, a lot of people don't, even people on her party don't really believe in her. Uh, as far as like her being a viable and popular candidate to win, who's come up behind them? People to judge? I still got to know. I don't really know. I said just to get a reaction out of <laughs> I'm not, no comment, bro. They are not going to get me today. <laughs> so you got a problem with the Secretary of Transportation? That's crazy. Um, you got so transportation in Kentucky, bro. This shit putrid. But continue anywhere, anywhere in the south for sure. But um, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Yeah. Talk to me, Miles. What you think? I got nothing to talk about, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for you. <laughs> uh, my only thought politically, um, it's a shit show. I can't even lie. I can't hold you. Look, look, that might be the that might be the best recap of all. Here we go. Concise as shit. It's bad out here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. Like, I know Mike. You're. I know personally that you're very like into it, or at least more into it than I am. I don't know how you do it. My head be hurting even trying to like listen to stories. I'm like, what is happening? Why does everybody suck? I don't know. I don't know. I need. I need. I need Reverend Mike in the in the polls. Reverend Mike. Oh shoot, we got the Reverend now. I need you running. I need you running. Oh man, only one I trust right now. Give me like twenty years, maybe fifteen. Eight. Fifteen. Eight. No, no, no. It's not. It's not my timeline. Okay, fifteen for Philly. You need some. It could be anywhere. Mm, nah, he's good for Pennsylvania, bro. No, they got to lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't forecast. I can't forecast my plans, but uh, it's expensive to be a public to run for public service. So I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure I have a foundation before I do that shit. Gotta have expensive. Gotta have rich friends, bro. If I do it for my future enemies, I'm trying to listen to our pod. My future enemies, you can't let them know where you're going. He's running in Iowa, Idaho, <laughs> Wyoming. Might be in Texas. Mm-hmm. I got residency. No, 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 my, my, my. You know Texas is hard for you, bro. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You'll never know, bro. Oh, I'll keep my thoughts quick on this. Every time I hear Herschel Walker's name, yo, I think about that clip from 85 <laughs> South when homie said Herschel Walker played football when the helmets were soft. <laughs> and I can't think anything seriously every time I think about him. It is to quote Miles a shit show. It is bad. It's bad, 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 bro, bad, bad. It just at a certain point, I'm like, bro, you gotta get him off TV, bro. Like, he should not be talking to people this often. 
and I didn't listen to the whole clip because I couldn't get through it. But when he heard somebody had called him a coon and started talking about raccoons, I realized that was the <laughs> end of the show. That was the end. <laughs> Everything they said about his brain was true. I couldn't understand how we got to raccoons. But I don't want to stay here. Uh, congratulations, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, now you can be done with elections for the next six Three years, years, hopefully. Two years, brother. Two so, years. um, yeah, you got a national election. Is it two, two years? Yeah, national election in two years. They're gonna be campaigning at, at next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Biden going run for re-election. Yeah, God bless them. I don't know how they're gonna do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Steven saying something uh, to twenty thirty. Yeah, bro. <laughs> what? Gone. Um, no, but no, nah, that was a really good cocktail hour. Let's switch to the actual topic of the show. We're talking about Marvel, DC, superheroes, super villains. We have our expert here with us, Miles. Everything oh. DC, everything Marvel, <laughs> every show, every movie. He is the first on the scene Thursday evenings before he even drops. That's a he, drag. Cinemark sponsorship is coming. We know it's coming. Uh, but I'll start, start us off talking about Marvel. Phase four wrapped up with the end with Black Panther 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of took over the place the last two years because of COVID and everything. But um, Miles, I'm sorry with you. What are your thoughts on Phase Four in terms of the films, and then we'll talk about the TV shows after. Uh, when did Phase Four start? Was that Black Widow? I believe it was Black Widow. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or was it a TV show? The One Division. Well, uh, it might have been WandaVision. If you want to talk about WandaVision, if we're talking about t- TV shows, it's WandaVision. That was last year, early last year in um, January. Yeah. If we're talking about films, it starts with Black Widow last year. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we got, I- I'll listen honestly, out for you, help you out. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Widow, yeah. uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Eternals, mm-hmm. Spider Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Multi- okay. Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and then Black Panther. Uh, I think it was pretty forgettable. I can't even lie. How about to say? <laughs> I, I already, when, I'm already when you, you finish the list, Stephen, it's just like mid, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Gonna lie. First of all, Spider Man's a goat. Peter Parker, the guy. Um, then held out the whole phase four. They they wouldn't do nothing without that movie. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I I've been a fan of like you know, superheroes and stuff like that since my father and mother kind of introduced it to me because they were also fans back in the day. Um, when, when, like they were, they had like actual comic books going around, mm-hmm. um, more so than they do today. Um, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool, you know. And there's like a big part of like, I was playing video games when I was a kid. That's like nine out of ten video games I feel like are superheroes based. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, not nine out of ten. I'm dragging it, but um, a lot of it is like superhero based. So I was always playing like the games like that, and it was always in the back of my head um, how good it was. And then like, again, we had TV shows as a kid. Like yep. Teen Titans, the OG Teen Titans. OG Teen show. Titans. Fantastic. Like that, like like stuff like that. I was always exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so like when Iron Man one came out in uh, two thousand eight, I'm leaving the theater like trying to shoot blasters out of my finger. You know what I'm saying? I was like feeling like I'm freaking Iron Man. I feel like this is hype, you know. And I followed yeah. it. Too. I followed it since then. Um, I'm not a super fan like you trying to paint me out to be. Yeah, man. <laughs> I said correspondent, uh, correspondent. Correspondent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't enjoy it. Phase four, I don't know. Specifically phase four to your question, I don't know how I feel about it. The only one I remember really is Spider-Man just because that's probably my favorite Marvel hero. Um, yeah. I don't know what direction Marvel is going in, really. 
I like some of the TV shows. They were cool. Like Moonlight, I thought was cool. Just mm-hmm. things that are different. Mm-hmm. Black Panther came out. I know a lot of people think Black Panther's like the best movie all time in Marvel. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, I think I'm not gonna lie. I think a lot of people are saying that because it's Black Panther, and they're saying like, "Oh, Chadwick, you know, he died. God rest his soul." And I'm black. I'm gonna say Black Panther's the best movie all time. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, like one mm-hmm. of my my cousin Newt. Y'all know Newt. Shout out Newt. Um, Newt. Two for one. <laughs> um, he left the theater and just texted me. And was like, Black Panther, greatest movie of all time. I said, <laughs> he was like, I've never seen a better movie. I said, What are we talking about? He immediately thought like stuff like Dark Knight and things are like well known superhero mm-hmm. movies. He was like, Nope, Black Panther. And I was like, I see what we're doing now. This this is what's um, happening, you know. Um, tweaking. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think I think for Black Panther, I think for me not being like a superhero fan, like a big superhero fan, all I have to compare it to yeah. are like the well-known superhero mm-hmm. movies that I've seen that for somebody that actually knows the universe probably aren't the best movies to begin with. And I realize and so, that. And so I think mm-hmm. when you make that comparison, you're not comparing apples to apples anymore. So right. that's true. Mm-hmm. I I don't know phase four. I can't even I can't even answer your question like seriously. Yeah, even because it's like I try to remember what came out. I think it wasn't very remember or I don't. Th- I, th- I think it's pretty forgettable. The phase okay. four. I'll, I'm I'll give excited you the, for the future though. Decaying and everything like that. I'll give you the television. So television, one division like we said. Uh, basically all the ones that came out. So Falcon and Winter Soldier, trash. Uh, right. Loki. <laughs> I guess the What If series counts for that, but I don't really count that as... Even watch it. Um, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hawk. Yeah, that's the television shows. Um, I'm going to slide off to Mike, and you can tell me what you think about either the films or the TV shows. I think a lot of the movies were too good. Um, TV shows were fantastic. The Wanda, Well, WandaVision. I didn't mind the, the Falcon one. Um, Propaganda. Yeah, respectability politics of it, but that's neither here nor there. But I thought the quality was pretty good. Um, Loki was fantastic. That's the movie. That's the show I was trying to think. And WandaVision, I thought, was really fantastic, too, as well. Uh, Moonlight was really good. I didn't watch She-Hulk. I I still haven't watched Hulk. Uh, I I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, But other than that, I think the movies... I don't know. Did you like Doctor Strange? I feel like we're gonna talk about Doctor Strange. I don't like the second one. To be honest, yes, yes, yes. The multiverse man, this one. I, I, on first list, on first watch, I kind of liked it, and then I watched it a second time because I went on like a work trip, and I fell asleep, and I fell asleep because there was too much going on, um, and they didn't wrap it up really well, unfortunately. So it was okay. It wasn't bad, but I don't think I loved it. It wasn't going on. And you know, I didn't watch Thor, so we can't. Yeah, Thor I think I'll probably sure watch that. I want to see Christian Bale's performance. But overall, I think the um the movies were a few standouts. Um I'm more excited for the Canyon Conqueror thing. I think phase four was just transition because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the leaves of Tony Stark, Captain America, I'm mean, Chris Evans, Captain America era, create these new people, bring in a whole bunch of new heroes. Um, but they don't really have leaders per se and then mm-hmm. they also have to reintroduce spider-man to come back because you know everybody forgot who he is i guess yeah um so they're in a pretty terrible spot for <laughs> the conqueror to come in and 
you know, probably kick their ass with us sometime. Spank um, Spank I, yeah, I think it starts with Ant Man, right? The new Ant Man, Quantum. Yeah, Quantum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soul Time, Soul Time. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, Jonathan Majors though, as King the Conqueror. That's what That's I'm yeah. yeah, he's, he's yeah. definitely he, gonna bring me. He is bring me on there. a run. Yeah. Every at, in the theaters, yo, he's in like four of the five previews. It's crazy. Yo, off topic. Have y'all seen his new one, the most recent one, the one where he is a, a pilot? Um, uh, I, it came out. I saw a military I saw pilot. pilot. I think it came it. out right oh, after Thanksgiving. I want to okay, see. I, it. see. I, I saw, I saw the trailer. It. It's on my list. Yeah, yeah. it looked good. Yeah. yeah well, that to the list, or we might watch on the fire stick. Who knows? Um, mm, exactly. <laughs> Um, Corey, I don't, I don't know if you want to jump in if you want me to go. Um, no, I could, I mean, I could just go quick. I mean, I think, okay. like I said, uh, earlier, you know, not being a huge follower of, of the universe. I think, you know, the ones that stand out to me are obviously Spider-Man, um, Black Panther. I think Spider-Man, you know, that's the one superhero, regardless of whether you follow the universe or not. Like that was, you had a Spider-Man costume. I feel like it was either Spider-Man or or Batman like yeah. when he was a kid and I think I was I was on the Spider-Man side of that that argument so I think that's always been something that I followed and I think that movie was probably the standout of that list mm-hmm. um granted I only saw half the list but I think even of that list um instead I think Black Panther was a good movie but I think to to Miles you know argument earlier I would it's not in my top five movies of all time by any means. Um, the way I think a lot of you know folks are folks are saying, but it, it was a good movie. Um, I think WandaVision was the only show that I saw on the list. Mm-hmm. But I think that that was a good show for me. And I think again, to keep my attention, knowing that the storyline is already a little off for me because I'm not, you know, too confident of the backstory. I think to again keep my attention for a show like that was was dope. Okay. Now I feel that. And I my boy, he watched Black Panther, and he said he, and it's funny because he, he, I don't think he watched any of the Marvel movies really, but he watched. He's like, oh, I thought the movie was phenomenal, and I realized people who don't like, you know, just watch the movie, and they're like, oh, this is great. It's and like, it's a good it's movie. A, like, yeah, you're, you're not missing much. Like, they kind of tie you into the story pretty easily. You know what happened yeah. in real life, so you can figure out what's going on. If you've seen the first Black Panther, everything makes yeah. sense. So I understand. It. I'm never, I'm not like mad when people said they thought it was phenomenal. I just don't agree. I was tight. <laughs> I was tight. Miles was sick when he came into the chat. I thought it was a good movie. It yeah, ended, makes sense yeah. to me, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the way they were building it up, the end didn't make sense because I feel like the end was kind of rushed. It was I also rushed. think their conflict, what well, the conflict between Shuri and Namor was very rushed too. I don't I don't like ethnic wars, Mike. We, we know <laughs> we know we know who our villains are. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my thing though, because like the whole time they're doing his background, they're telling his story. I'm like, I, I kind of like him. I don't think he a bad guy. I, I yeah, he says we. He said he's gonna do something. He did it. I mean, yeah. I didn't expect. Um, if you see the movie, I mean, I'm sorry, spoiler, but I expect um Angela Bassett to die. I expected the mom to die. That was something mm. that threw me off. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, why they do that to her? The wonderful Miss Bassett. I don't know. I don't know. But that's the only thing I was like, damn, like, you really off your mom and the queen like i, I just don't think it was that would have been like at least a 10-year war between two nations yeah that, that is not going to be resolved over let's think about people like you mm-hmm. know yeah, riding down a commute together that's not going to happen bro like, yeah of, i don't feel i ever saw the batman versus superman that came out like i didn't watch it oh no yeah you saw it yeah you can, you can spoil it you know i'm not going to watch it i just i see <laughs> clips of it oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah
Long story short, Steven, at the end of it, bro, there was like they was fighting, and then they was like, we got the same mom name. It was very stupid, bro. Was, they stopped fighting over their mom both being named Martha or some shit like that. Uh, it was so dumb. It was very dumb. Uh, but I feel like that's how it kind of ended too. It just didn't okay. make sense. I I don't think that you should never make him so like. Like, yeah, that's for one, but two, but two, you can't make someone like kill a queen, and you know, like, if in like in reality, all right, Chadwick Boseman dead. The the dad died at the UN in like the Civil War, bro. Like, uh, T'Challa, his dad, yeah, um, to Killmonger gone, bro. Like, there's nobody left. The uncle died too. Killmonger dead, there's not like no male elders, (laughs) and then that's why that's why I can't, I'm like. People are like, oh, this is pandering. They hate black men. I'm like, bro, all the black men are dead. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe, maybe that's to their point. Maybe that's to their point. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if Chad was here, bro, like, he would have been the main guy. Uh, it's just like, it's just tough because like, there's no one else around. So like, your family was really like, as a royal family, they were like almost decimated, bro. If if um, yeah, Lupita, Lupita character, I can't remember her name. If her character didn't have the baby, like, they was they were cooked. Yeah, they were cooked, bro. No, yeah. Lupita, L- 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 not Shuri. Excuse me. Um, uh, Toussaint, yeah. Toussaint, yeah, Toussaint, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Chadwick Jr., uh, T'Challa Jr. Um, yeah, if she didn't have him, bro, their family was very cooked. <laughs> if sure ain't had no baby, like you know, it's Game of Thrones all over again. Yeah, you know? no, now I'm, I'm laughing, Mike, because I, I remember some, seeing some of the critique of people who didn't like the movie, and it said only folks who hate women don't like the movie, and I screamed. <laughs> I do think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know so much in the movie. I don't think I've seen a movie with like so many women had such lead time and mm-hmm. you know they, nah, they, the, plot, the whole plot. They didn't respect the woman. They should give him a better plot. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I, I don't got much to echo y'all sentiments. I listen. I was sitting here when, when he proposed to Sherry. Basically, I'm like, oh yeah, accept that. That's a great guy. He can fly. He can breathe underwater. He can't die. And he got a nation to protect you. And he has a mission. Now, granted, I don't know why he was hiding underwater for so long when he could have done his work by himself a long time ago. That's a story for a different day. He he has said he had enough army for the whole Wakanda. Bro, go attack your enemies. What are you doing? <laughs> but I think I always like when they make villains either extremely likable or extremely hated because that perplexity of like, damn, I really hate this guy and he's achieving or I really hate this uh, woman or whatever, but she's really good or I like her a lot. Why is she the villain? I kind of I kind of like that because I think you know having that type of connection with characters inside a story makes it worth it. Like if I don't like the character and I don't I don't think they're important, I'm just not gonna care enough what happens to them in the storyline. Them them living or dying or having some type of metamorphosis, it doesn't matter to me because I don't really like them. Um but likable characters make for a good series. And I think they had the right idea starting with Go Black Panther and it just kind of fell off. And then when I'm looking at the entire phase four it's just underwhelming. Like, guys, with Thor, stop it. I am here for Spider-Man. I've never seen Spider-Man do such a carry job in my life. Like, that's the greatest film in there. And, like, Eternals? I like right, Shang-Chi. But, come on. Eternals? Where were you guys? We couldn't interfere with the Earth's problem. Boo! That's, like a bad, that's a bad storyline. doesn't make any sense. You know, the shows were much better. Like I said, all the shows rolled out for Phase 4. Um, it took me a while to get into Black Widow, but it is a really good show. I lo- I think, personally, Moon Knight is the best show that came out in, in Phase 4. I'm a big fan of Moon Knight. I think it was they they made everything work perfect with um, Egyptian mythology. I'm a big fan of Greek and Egyptian mythology. I think it's really dope, and I love when like shows can tie that into the whole superhero thing. I think it's phenomenal. Um 
that's good. I really did like Loki a lot. Uh, I think it was a pretty good show. I think they kind of set it up to give more potential in Phase 5. So I think the television show saved it. Spider-Man carried. But to quote Mike, forgettable. Um, so we'll hope in Phase 5 they have, I think, what, two or three Avenger movies coming up, Secret Wars, Kang Dynasty. If they can't sell me on that, I'm not going to lie, we are off to HBO Max in D.C. We are we are bandwagon for entertainment. I, I'm Marvel forever. But if your show's not hitting, I'm sorry. I'm back to over there with DC. And DC has HBO money. They mm-hmm. are cooking. They are they cooking. Got, they got James Gunn too, bro. Listen, and we could slide they got, over. They got two good shows. They got two good shows. Yeah, I, and, I haven't watched season three of Titans yet, though. I don't either. I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't picked it back up. I, I thought it was Me too. really good. <laughs> and Doom Patrol is also really good. It's very you good. like it? I've heard mixed reviews yeah. about Doom Patrol. I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's worth right. It's and worth I like right. Cyborgs, and I'm scared they're going to disappoint me. Nah, nah, he's a good cyborg. You would like it. You would like it. We'll we'll segue into that. Um, First, quick thoughts. Miles, you did see Black Adams. Did you enjoy that movie? Um, I did see it. I liked it a lot. I thought Dwayne Johnson did a good job. Um, I liked that it was like a little more gory. Yes, I agree. Like he's like literally zapping people in their bones and blood ever and i was like oh like first scene of the freaking movie um he was doing that and i thought that in general the movie was good i the only thing i didn't like was the kid the little kid but it, me personally i don't like kid actors yeah like if you're if, if you're a cringe kid actor to me you ruin the entire movie and i just can't <laughs> like i'm I, I stick on that so during the whole movie i'm like this kid again you know type of thing this kid again but i liked it I like the segue. I'm I am a big DC DC guy. Um, I think the storylines are better than Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that especially with Marvel, like the MCU in general now, a lot of the storylines don't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the whole. I don't want to go back to Black Panther, but with the Black Panther thing, I don't like things that don't make sense. First of all, mm-hmm. I'm watching Black Panther, and it's like, um, was it the the black the black girl Riri Williams? Um, mm-hmm. She's just automatic. She's just all of a sudden making suits. There's just people making Iron Man suits. Like yeah, we didn't, like, we didn't talk about that. That I didn't like her back. They didn't explain her background really well at all. Like, she's like so young at MIT. And like, yeah, I used to build. That's I used cool. To be, help my dad fix cars. I'm like, that's not right. You being a brilliant MIT scholar. Like, she was like, I had a wrench in my hand at eight three. S tier engineer. Bro, eight three. She's generational engineer. Man, I had a wrench in my hand at age three. She had a prototype. She had a prototype Iron Man suit when she's like seventeen, and Tony Stark was damn dying in the Afghanistan. That's what I'm saying. Trying to save his life to build that suit. Like thirties, thirties, you know, it just didn't make sense. What they should have done, like thinking back on it, remember that that little white boy in Iron Man three who was like helping Tony. If that was like, if that was Riri Williams, that could have gave her some kind of background. Like, oh, I helped him. He's my inspiration. I always wanted to be an engineer, whatever. She just jumped from a garage having like a two piece. Iron Man suit, like you know, like not even done, yeah. and then she has a fully painted red, white, and blue Iron Man suit with the whole arc reactor. I'm like, come on, bro, what are we doing? Who, who is this? And she's flying around like, during the whole and, and not suit. doing a damn thing, flying around uh, and, and take out one soldier. Nah, bro, she was getting yeah. she was getting cooked by by water dwellers. You're in the sky getting cooked. Come on now, what are we doing? Water dwellers, no, they, and not. they and in my opinion, they lost the war anyway. Like they did they, on um. They were all happy about winning. There's 10 Wakandan soldiers on the freaking boat. There's 10 of y'all. Y'all came in with like 100 plus, 200. Also, I have 10. Y'all talking about winning. 
Bro, they like the most scientifically advanced nation. They don't have better weapons for the water than a sonic propeller that can get destroyed. <laughs> like, that got, got cooked immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can rebirth a whole mystical flower, but you can't, you know, you got no better way to attack fish people. Like, it don't right. make sense. They, they, they don't want know. black folks looking too smart, Mike. You know that. Just, Look at Corey's face. <laughs> <laughs> playing race for playing race cards. <laughs> maybe we should because it didn't make sense <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't that's the only reason why i, I wasn't a big fan of the movie was because it didn't make sense to me yeah, and i i if something doesn't make sense i'm just throwing off i don't mean i didn't mean to diverge from um now we're good man. i was only going to switch into talking about dc for a little bit because i've been trying to watch and more of the dc content that's coming out um i'm on season three of young justice um Rich, and i think Great. I, I love Young Justice. I only, my only problem is I don't really like what they did with the storyline season three a little bit, and they changed the animation style. They messed me up. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, yeah. I can't even tell you what happened. They, they chiseled their, yeah. their chins. They thought they was making, you know, um, American Dad, like everybody has that chin, <laughs> and I don't understand why. But, yeah, I, I do. I like Young Justice a lot. We talked about Titans. I haven't watched Doom Patrol yet. I haven't watched those shows, Titans and Doom Patrol. Titans is good. It's 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 very mature. It don't mm. don't put the OG T Titans in your head. You're gonna be disappointed. It's, it was sketchy after the whenever they first. It's gonna sound bad when they first released like how Starfire looked. I was like, she. Oh, I was like, this doesn't look good. I can't, I'm sorry. Uh, not because you know I know people are gonna yeah, think, yeah I'm teasing yeah black woman oh my god like he hates women blah 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 no it's not the case I think they just didn't do her justice with the look. Um, I think they tried to make it too. I I came to I came to describe it. I just didn't like how it looked, and that threw me off. I was like, I'm not watching the show. And mm-hmm. then I, again, I was like, it's not going to be like the OG Teen Titans, so I'm not trying to watch it. But if y'all saying it's good, then I'll, I'll take a work it, on it. The first two seasons are good, but I, I had I, season three's been out for a little while, and I haven't gone to it. I just haven't been in the mood. I've been on a um American Crime Mafioso type show recently, that and I rewatched The Godfather and fantastic movie. That five. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I had when it came to uh, DC in terms of like the shows that are currently out. I was going to ask, what what do you think you should we should expect? Are we going to look at DC in terms of cinematic, not comic, for those listening, from a cinematic perspective, truly competing with Disney now they have HBO's money behind them? Can we expect a real DC universe to unfold? And do you think that's something in the future we can truly enjoy when it comes to DC? Uh, I think if they figure it out. Yeah, I think it's more than just like the money. Their storylines are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every movie has a different storyline, and it's like there's like three different universes out there. Um, and you know you have like three or four different Batman's. Like you have Robert Pattinson now, but I think he did a good job in this his last movie. Me too. Um, but Christian Bale clears anybody who tries to follow suit, in my nice. opinion. So I always compare people to that. Unfortunately. Um, no, I don't have virus threat protection. Leave me alone, Windows. <laughs> um, I hope that they get on track again. I think their storylines are a lot better than what they're portrayed to be, and better than Marvel in general. And I'm a big fan of stories, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like you know humor and jokes. And um, I think that DC, if they get it together, plus having a lot of money, they could really make something um, that could rival Marvel's success, especially with Marvel, in my opinion, like declining. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's as good as it used to be yeah like the whole infinity war arc and just like that whole infinity gauntlet arc i should say i thought it was great um and i i know like you said just a transition period um but 
I don't know, even the transition period from the um, other three phases for the Infinity uh, Infinity Gauntlet art, that was better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, this is bad. The past four, three, three, four movies, in my opinion, are bad. Spider-Man, I, maybe Spider-Man is a bad movie, but I'm such a fan that it was good to me. <laughs> but Black Widow, Internals, Thor, like those, those were, those were mid movies. I can't lie. Shows that were caring, in my opinion. I love Moon Knight a lot. Didn't watch the, what was it, uh, the girl who gets bigger, um, Ms. Marvel. I don't, I don't like kid actors. Can't watch it. Okay. That's all I got. No, so. my, my, now you're good. My, my Zoom wants to be crazy, even though it updated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I, I'm, I'm, you made a point. I want to throw this to Mike and Corey in terms of like what attracts you to the DC universe in terms of about the storyline. I want to ask y'all, like, what, what, like, what attracts you to, I guess, superheroes and superhero movies? Like, is it the storyline? Is it the character? Is it the unique abilities? Like, what kind of draw ties you in and kind of creates that connection when it comes to those type of movies? Uh, definitely plot. It's probably number one. That's why I agree with Miles on like I think Infinity War is definitely the greatest movie Marvel ever made because. Not only did like it culminate into this massive war course, but they lost at the end of it. <laughs> like, you know, you snap it, you're like, everybody was like, damn, and all your favorite heroes died away. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, you'll never, you'll never see a movie where the villain actually wins and like, you know, just, you know, Spider-Man dying was probably like the most significant scene to come out at that time. Like, you know, it's tough. Was, you know, yeah, it's very tough. Uh, and then they followed up even better with Tony Stark dying in the next movie. But um, as far as just, I think plot, as well because i can't think of any of my favorite my top favorite ever superhero movies that don't involve me just being encapsulated by the story like i feel like the stories have to be timeless like in dark knight i've always watched dark knight because i'm always mm-hmm. expecting such a master class and like chaos and, and 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 following a criminal mastermind and him telling a different story like every time like i don't think there's like a small thing about every time the joker told about his life story in the dark knight he always told a different story because the director said that he was meant to keep this kind of sense of chaos you're not supposed to know who he really is or what his real intentions were just little mm-hmm. stuff like that that makes it so memorable it makes the story so fleshed out it makes the character so real um oh speaking of the joker i also love great villains too because i think villains actually drive the story not the protagonist um as from a writer perspective um and if the villains are you know worthwhile and they're they're done well and they execute it well man like we keep talking about thanos I mean, he's probably one of the most popular villains ever like you know it's just yeah, a case in point right there. But yeah, that's, that's those are three things that attract me to certain superhero movies. All right, Corey. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty basic. Um, I think a lot of it is nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know from growing up around certain superheroes, that being sort of what you talk about when you was at school with your friends. Those being like, yeah, like I said earlier, your Halloween costumes, your lunch boxes, right? All those things. I think a lot of the it's in the, the nostalgia, right? So if Spider Man comes out, it's nostalgia, right? If Batman comes out, it's nostalgia. I'm I'm gonna see this because this is sort of my superhero backstory, and even though it's limited, like that's you know what brings me in. Um, I think some of it on the other end is the hype around shows, right? I think when it comes to shows, I'm not really that plugged in, so it it takes having conversations like these with people that I know have you know good taste. I think in and when it comes to creative avenues and shows and things like that, where all right, I'll give it a try. All right, you know, I'll take a look at that. And, you know, before I know it, there's, you know, two or three shows that I really rock with. Um, but I think it does take some of that hype and some of that, yo, Corey, check this out. And, you know, I'll go, I'll go give it a try. Word. I think for me, 
I think at least when it comes to superheroes and supervillains, I think first thing that comes to mind is their personality and their abilities. Like, I think that's what attracted me to Spider-Man. I just thought him, I don't even like bugs. I freaking hate bugs. I okay. thought him swinging through the city like this with his little sign in New York was the dopest method of transportation I ever saw when I was like, five years old. <laughs> like it couldn't be any better. Like, I don't got to walk next to nobody. I don't got to sit on the train. I could just swing somewhere. I was like, this is crazy dope. And then second and very close is the plot. And I think sometimes I struggle with certain movies because it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think Thor in the comics is really dope. I didn't like Thor in the Marvel Universe at all until maybe the third movie. Because I watched this movie. I watched the first one. I said, this is the worst thing I've ever watched. I'm never going to watch any of his uh, movies again. Yeah, it was pretty slow. It was a slow movie. And so it's kind of hard for me to get, like, a tra- like if the character's abilities don't make sense, or like how they fit into the plot doesn't make sense. It's kind of slow for them. Like I think War Machine's cool. Like he's a, he, you know Don Cheeto, great guy. I don't care about War Machine. Like <laughs> he doesn't fit. Like you're you're great value Iron Man. Every time I watch you, you lose. Like I don't want to watch you. I'm glad he didn't have his own. Rude, you're not wrong, bro. <laughs> and that's why it hurts for like Black Widow. Like same thing. Like your superpower is you're an assassin. Now granted, you know DC got Rajah Gul, and I think he's fantastic. But Clips. you're an assassin and they gave you a bad storyline. Like, now I'm not really I'm interested. Really... You're, you're, you're super... I wasn't even interested when you was in Avengers that often. Now they give you a bad movie, I'm asleep forever. Like, I, I can never wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sleep forever is crazy. Bro, was it, um... Was it, uh... Dark Knight Rises? With, uh... Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the, the Batman, uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Oh, I th- Begins, Begins. The first one, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I personally thought I was great. I think he tied into the storyline well. And no, he wasn't in um Dark Knight Rises, but wherever Bane was when they was in that little spot and mm-hmm. they alluded to him and all his people mm-hmm. there, like, I, I just like that. Like, you're playing into that plot really well. They don't do that with a lot of superhero movies. It's kind of like, uh. You said what? I said Bane is a great character. I, I love great. Him. I was like, this guy is fucking amazing. B- Bane is great. And <laughs> I think acting, that's what, Art, like, yeah. no, the acting is phenomenal. And I think that's what attracts people in general when it comes to Batman. Like, I'm always on the, the clip that Batman is a hero, not a superhero. But I think Batman has probably the best collection of villains that are easily remem- like memorable across any superhero play. Like, you know the Joker. You know uh, Mr. Freeze. Like, you know... Catwoman, who's more of an anti-hero than really a villain. But point, like these are just easy, off the top of the brain, memorable. Like even if you don't remember right away, somebody says it, like, "Oh yeah, I know that character," and it's just—I wouldn't say relatable, but it's just easy to digest. And then on the flip side of Marvel, Spider-Man is just an easy person to digest. He just makes sense. When you go, when you stretch out into DC and Marvel, it gets a little bit fuzzy. Um, but I'm I'm really big on like unique characters and how they're crafted. I think that's why I've always gravitated towards Marvel because they have an infinite amount of characters and I've always just been intrigued. Like, who the hell is this? X-Men. Like, all these characters. These are cool. So... Oh, yeah. We're, we're opposites, bro. That's why I like DC so much. I like big, big universe. One one hero, big universe. Both, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Marvel to... got... Marvel comics are mad. I don't think people even know. They have so many superheroes. It doesn't bro. make sense, bro. If you ever, I used to go to the book fair and my dad would be tight because I used, I used to cop some of them comic books instead of the actual books he gave me money to buy. And I'll buy like those Marvel enc- encyclopedias and there'll be like 
300 characters inside, I'll be like, yo, this is crazy. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and my dad will come home and look at me like, what books did you buy? And I'm over here like, I done picked up books from the library. I'm trying to hide the library card and just turn the page like, yeah, I got this book. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. That's why he started giving me money for the book fairs. Um, but yeah, that's why I think about it. Last two questions uh, before we wrap this up. Favorite superhero and favorite supervillain? Am I going first? Yes, Burb. Miles, start us off. Uh, I said, all right, I like Spider-Man. I do Marvel DC. I like Spider-Man. I like Batman for DC. Mm-hmm. Um, I only do one villain. I do like the Joker a lot. I think, like, King of Crime, I, I love his whole theme. And the fact that, like, he's still... His longevity is damn good. He's damn near LeBron James in DC. <laughs> he's just always doing something. Like he can't be caught. I think he's a great character. Um, who one who really challenges the main hero. Yeah. Uh, even 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 if it is all like plot. Um, if you can't, if you're beating somebody who has all the prep time in the world, you're prep great. time. <laughs> prep, prep time king. Um, but yeah, I like Joker a lot. I like the storyline, how people portray him. Um, how the comics portray him. And like I said, I'm a big plot storyline guy. And I just find him so interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's mine. Word. What'd you think of Mike? Um, Black Widow? <laughs> I can't acknowledge that. Um, I think probably The Flash is probably my favorite hero. Because mm. um, he's low key one of the strongest. Um, I can... Favorite villain? Probably, you know, I I think back to my childhood. It was I think it was Magneto. He used to inspire me in X Men movies. I was like, I'm for the cause, bro. What are you saying? Like, <laughs> and he was just so strong, bro. When he lifted that bridge in X Men Three, I was like, my God, the Golden Gate Bridge, and you know, they had that whole war. Yeah, I always been a fan of him. Um, I, I always thought he was he was always portrayed very well through all the actors he, he's had. Um, mm-hmm. So it was probably my two. What'd you think of Corey? Um. I'm about, I'm not stealing miles. These are just generally mine. But um I think I think Spider-Man is my, my is my superhero. Uh Joker is my villain for for similar reasons that that have been mentioned. Okay. Um Miles already know this. I am Spider-Man, Team Spider-Man forever. I had the little the thing, the slingshot thing I got it for Christmas, yo, and then my mom took it away cuz I I did everything and there's all that little stringy silly putty was everywhere. She was sick. Um, but now Spider-Man is my favorite superhero for villains. Interesting. I kind of have two. Um, the first one is Magneto, like Mike said, because the, the just pure strength and dominance is insane. And he's kind of, if, if you go by the comics, he's like a villain slash anti-hero because he's not always bad. And I kind of like that about him too, but I just think having like his power is just so unique and raw. It's like second to none. Like I like villains who have superpowers, but also realistic and Magneto just encompasses that. It's like, he can destroy anything, just anything with like metal properties. It's slow, not even metal. It's just iron there. It's slow. I'm bending it and I'm destroying it. What can you do? Nothing. Um, my second one is more of like an intellectual one, and it's the Riddler because it's like, why can't anybody beat this guy? And why, like, <laughs> and, and it's so crazy because like he just gives you a puzzle and you're sitting there like it's almost like um them Saw movies you used to see as a kid where it's like yeah um. Like this is Matt Ram. This is always when I remember what gets wetter as it dries. You're sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a timer going off with a bomb. You're trying to figure out the answer. You're like, a towel, correct. And then the seconds on one, and then 
he's on a screen laughing somewhere. Like, he has no super strength. He's just so freaking witty. And I think Mike is the one who said it, which made me laugh so hard because something kind of something happened to me. But he's, I think, Mike, you said you finished 97.5% of, I think, uh, Arkham Asylum, one of the Batman games. And the yeah. only reason why I didn't finish it is because you didn't beat the Riddler. And I screamed when I heard that because that <laughs> dude was the most annoying character in um, the Dark Knight series. I would, he made me like low key start looking at walkthroughs on YouTube because I was like, there's no <laughs> way I'm this dumb. Like, I can't be. Um, but I think yeah. he's good from a cinematic perspective. That's why I really like the new Batman that came out. I think it's a phenomenal superhero movie. Um, and I, in the video games, he's even better. So that's it. Um, final question. Um, top five favorite superhero movies. Not best. Personal favorites. No judgment. If it's Eternals, I promise I will judge. Uh, Dark Knight. I'm not going to lie. I liked um, whatever the last one was, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. I may yeah. like that personally more than uh, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Like I can watch Dark Knight Rises all day, every day. Um, yeah. I could do the same thing with the Dark Knight, but I like. I think I, I like that movie more personally. Um, I have both of them in my top five, just because duh, for me. But uh, Spider Man Two, I'd say. Go, um, like with uh, the OG one, OG one, one Toby Maguire, yeah, with Toby Maguire. Uh, Iron Man one is always a classic favorite of mine. That's what kind of got me. I was never really into like heroes storylines as much as until I got until I watched that, and I was like, this is I'm in it now. And then, damn, I can't even think of the fifth one. Um, one of the Avengers movies, I'd say, uh, Endgame is probably one of my. Favorite stuff, my favorite. Mike always like he's pondering. That's why I was. That's why I, was, I thought Mike was. Mike was over here thinking heavy. I ain't want to. Mike be pondering. That's why. That, that's why I said eight years before he runs. Yo, he's, he's thinking about his, him running. Yo, that's what's happening. Nah, nah, I do be thinking about. Um, nah, I'll probably say the Dark Knight for sure. That's just all time favorite. Um. I want to say the first Spider-Man movie with the original Green Goblin. Uh, that was always a favorite. Uh, what else I was encapsulated by? Um, I, I think I can't say Iron Man two and seven. It was it was good, but it wasn't. Um, Infinity War is one of my favorites. I don't think I've watched a lot of movies in the past. I'd say I do like I did like Man of Steel, the Superman movie in twenty twelve. Okay, Henry Cavill. I was I put it up there. Um. Honestly, I probably put the recent Batman movie. And as far as the past like fifteen years, I can remember. I don't think anything was as as good as that that Batman movie. I think with the mystery thriller crime thing mm-hmm. was very well done. Um, and all the him fighting. Honestly, they should keep Robert Pattinson as Batman. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, he's young. He's he, he. I thought he was good enough to do the role. He's portraying a different type of Batman. Yeah. Oh wait, I capped. Hold on. Take out. Take out one. Whatever. No. Take out. Uh. I don't know. I, I'm not a six movie. I forgot the Joker movie. The Joker movie. I forgot. Yeah, all about I'm surprised you didn't say that. We I talk, forgot we all that about that movie. I love that movie. I, didn't I'm, we go I'm, see how to watch that? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what yeah. movie did I see? Yeah, no, the Joker movie. Throw that one there. Uh, but watching Phoenix, yeah, he, yeah, masterful, masterful. Uh, so those are my five or six right there. Okay. What are you thinking, Corey? 
Um, I'm trying to figure out what the order is. Uh, I think Spider-Man. Order. It could just be top five. I think Spider-Man Two is up there. Um, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight might be two. I think Spider the uh, first Spider-Man again, original Green Goblin might be uh, three in there. I'm trying to think what's four. Um, recency bias. I got to do uh, Black Panther two. Um, and then I got to do bring in my childish nature for the last one and go with the Incredibles. I'm screaming. I respect it a lot. That's a great movie. I respect it a lot. That's an excellent movie. Incredibles 1 or 2? I I really mm-hmm. like 2, so I'm going to go with 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Incredibles. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, I was about to say, that, that, that's, that's peak level Disney over there right there. Yeah. You cannot miss with that one. Um, For me, Spider-Man 2, that's, that's when I truly fell in love with Spider-Man. The Dark Knight. Uh... If I'm being honest, Infinity War, and I, I when I think I think about it all the time, and I I'm, I'm not, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, Captain America: Civil War is up there for me. Like, I I'm not really a big fan of Captain America as a superhero. I think he's boring. Um, <laughs> I think he, that's like that's peak level propaganda. I don't care about your freaking shield that you can throw and it comes back to you as a boomerang. Like, it's not it's not cool enough for me. Um, <laughs> But I think that movie was great just because it was kind of like our insight or a lot of folks' insight to other heroes in the Marvel Universe. Like, people really getting to see, like, uh, the Scarlet Witch, even though you kind of saw bits and pieces of that in um, Avengers 2, which we don't really care about that much. Uh, Black Panther, you got to, you know, that whole clash, I just enjoyed it. And that was the, like, the resurgence or revive of Spider-Man. So, like, on principle, I feel like I got to put that in there. Um... Yeah, Civil War, Infinity, uh, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, and uh, this is tough. I would probably say, I want to say the first Iron Man, but I feel like I'm forgetting movie now off the top of my head that I was thinking about, and I can't remember now. But I'm going to say the first Iron Man, at least for me. But great discussion, y'all. Great discussion. Uh, we are going to segue over into table talk. Uh, and this is a great question because there's four black men here and we all grew up in black households. How long do you keep your Christmas tree up? March. March. Corey. Minimal. <laughs> Listen, it'll sit there. Somebody got to do it. I don't know. I do. Too. I don't know if it's March, but it's at least the end of January. I feel that. What about you, Miles? Probably mid January. I don't even know. Maybe like a week or two into January. As soon as Christmas is done, my mom was like, "All right, just get rid of it." Because, like, I mean, like Mike said, someone's got someone's got to do it, and it was usually mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as Christmas is over, my mom was kind of like, "All right," or New Year's, I should say, until until New Year's, we'll take it down. Okay, like around that time, maybe 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 a week or two after, um, but fairly 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 quickly. Yeah, I have real trees or fake trees. We used to have real trees, but then uh, my mom hated the cleanup. Mm. Um, like all the all the leaves and shit on the ground, and so we got a fake one, um, and I would help her put it up every every year. Right. Yeah, um, mine, the longest it stayed up was April for my family. 
Um, nuts. They like got to Easter basically, and we're like, guys, like the tree's <laughs> up, like the, all the snow melted. Like, come on, we're we're not serious. Um, but usually it's about February. Usually like after my dad's birthday. My dad's birthday is early February, so around that time we'll put it down. It might go down earlier if like there's no snow on the ground. I feel like the longer the snow is on the ground, we're just like, oh yeah, it's still winter and Christmas, I guess. So the tree stands up. But I remember the tree being up after my birthday. My birthday's in January, so. Um, that's when we had a tree. I think my, we had a fake tree for the longest time. Like we had the same fake tree for almost 20 years. And then my mom threw it away four or five years ago and dudes ain't buying a new tree. So <laughs> it was Merry Christmas. And there was like a little black sand on the wheel case that like lights up. And that's, that's the unofficial Christmas tree now that we have in my crib. Um, but now nah, great discussion, great discussion. Uh, we got to get this round of applause from miles, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. But we are not done. We need you to tell us what the plug a plug is this week. What are you giving us, man? Uh, I can turn my phone. Sorry. You good? Uh, <laughs> me and uh, me and Liz's friend Ayana, it's her friend, my friend through her. Mm-hmm. Um, she does art making uh accessories and clothing and um various uh, she does various things with uh rocks. Stones, okay. things like like this bracelet. I think just from her, but just an example. Um, her IG is uh, empty dot headed. Um, I don't think she's a storefront, but I know she pops up in various art shows uh, around Norwalk. Um, that's my plug of plug. I, I like her art a lot. I have a mm-hmm. few clothing items from her. I believe her dad also is in the same business, um, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, I like okay. her stuff a lot. That's dope. Does she like ship art too, or? I'd have to ask. I'm sure she she does. If if she if somebody asks, I'm sure she will. Okay. Okay. All right, y'all. Y'all already know what time it is. <laughs> Pass to Ox Miles as the guest. It is required that you go first. So what are we playing today? Uh Law of Attraction by Dave and Snow Allegra is my my song for today. But what I've been listening to recently. You keep talking, I've been silent. Now what's the point of what when you can't be between the lines you cross, I'm sick of fighting. Keep trying, I don't mean nothing. And now I don't mind saying how I feel I think about you. And I don't mind saying how I feel I'm good without you. But you could have been. No distractions. I'ma speak with my actions. Check this. I put your name on a necklace. That's a chain reaction. Don't judge me for adapting. She's studying law of attraction. Doing her own taxes. Too complex for a caption. It's better I hurt you than somebody else. Fuck with me. I put you in a truck with me. You're stuck with me. Can't take that. Could the shit that you done with me? You're gonna break a bone. You fall out of love with me. 
I need a bulletproof vest for all of the shots that you're drinking for me. Answer the phone, make it simple for me. God, I know that you're thinking of me. Deep. Now I don't mind saying how I feel I think about you. Tough. Now, granted, I have Dave's entire album on my my iTunes, so I probably that song heavy. That was tough. That was tough for real, for real. Um, I also just want to put it out there that Stephen just sent his song in the chat. I sent. I did an audible. <laughs> I did an audible, and because I remember this song is one of the ones I wanted to play while I was at happy hour. I couldn't remember what I wanted to play, but now I remember. So thank you. Anyway, I'll I'll go next. Um, I sent my my song before the pod. Um, <laughs> but the song that I've been rocking with, shout out to Rod Wave, um, his project that dropped a few weeks ago, but the song is called Got It Right. I just picked my favorite song off of Metro's new album. Uh, Cheater. Song, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> this song is gonna definitely gonna hit the whip. Uh, it's called Trance, and it's by Metro Boomin, Young Thug, and Travis Travis Scott. Excuse me. Wonderful vibe, wonderful night. Did it with 
song mike fantastic song cheater anyway <laughs> nah that's i might i'm telling you i was bumping that shit yesterday in the work on my way home from work and i was like what a great song i had to do a double check that's a song that made you want to dance a little bit you know it was, was flowing with that song um what an album um last but not least my song i talked about in the pod last week when Corey was talking about his um cuffing playlist that he needed created um and <laughs> This song is by Drum and BJ, the Chicago kid. It's called People Off the Project What Had Happened Was. Setbacks is from years ago. Way too much free time in the meantime. During me time, I'd explode. I had to rewind for a decline. Chuck the peace sign now. I'm piecing. You can call it what you want, but I'm just calling it how I see it. Taking it easy ain't an option. I got options I can choose from. I can move one via Uber while I call it to pick you up. That's like you really maneuver, but you move more sneaky. You can call it what you want, but I'm calling it how I see it. She was too
so misleading. You can call it what you want, but I'm calling it how I see it. And I've seen enough to know I'm done. Being your personal punching bag, constantly What had happened was, was the album, Drumming BJ, the Chicago Kid are the artist. The song is called People. That's P-P-L, short version of People. Check that out. Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get music. And um, shout out to Drama and BJ Chicago Kid because I like that song a lot. And I need my brothers in R&B to get serious. Um, you added that to your playlist? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure, for sure, for sure. But you know, when hurt people hurt people, you know what I'm saying? It kind of plays into the vibe. You got to throw down to the playlist, you know what I'm saying? But it's not it's not the playlist. It's like I have a playlist for like R&B dudes who are doing their thing. They're on that playlist. They didn't make the playlist yet. You gotta get why would, I, why would I be asking about your R&B dudes playlist, Steven? Why not? I've, I've many, you, knew I've like, exa- I, you knew exactly what like playlist five, I was I like, asking about. I have like five or six R&B playlists, bro. They're all different vibes. They made that one. <laughs> they didn't make the other playlist. Uh, they, they have to talk to the uh, the judges and get contention. I gotta play in a group of uh, in a room full of people and see how they vibe to it, but they're not. There I'm yet. not. I'm not even gonna dig any deeper. Just, just, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Miles. Thank you again for coming to the show. This is long overdue. We've been talking about this since I want to say July. Yeah, um, forever. I not say I'm capping now. The entire battle praises has <laughs> now been to the podcast. If you know, you know. Um, nah, I really enjoy having you here. Uh, this is great. Come back anytime. Um, I hope yeah. you enjoyed it as well. I had a fun time. Fun time. A nice time. Excellent. Um, new poster in the background. Excellent. Looking like Van Gogh. Um, My back sure was bad. You... <laughs> make sure you like, rate, and subscribe at the Dinner Conversations, at AD Commons on IG, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio. I can keep going. We're everywhere. There's no excuses. I appreciate y'all for listening and see y'all next time. Peace. Conversations, conversating, talking about a black vision. We on a mission to spread the word of our people. See us sequel, so time to step aside. We on a sequel, you can catch us at 5 p.m. Every Sunday, tell us toys about the culture. Do our sculpture, recording every Friday. So here it our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take.